This story was brought to you by Branch CI. Easy deployments to staging sites and simple rollbacks for all your WordPress projects. Learn Never. more at branchci.com. <laughs> Are you a WordPress developer that doesn't want to be like Matt Wensing? Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Whatever I could be for you, man. You know I'm here for you. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Hey, Peter. Hey. Can I say something to our listeners? Please do. Uh, especially to the listeners um, that thinks Out of Beta is their favorite podcast. It's amazing. And I just want to say, I really understand you guys. <laughs> <laughs> wow. No, no. That's, that's incredible. I mean, at least one person has said it. So at least one person thinks Art of Beta is his favorite podcast. That's pretty wild. <laughs> it is. It's an honor. Unless he only listens to one podcast. <laughs> well, in which case, it's still an honor. That's true. If we manage to break through an entire habit of non-consumption, that's yeah. pretty, pretty great. That's kind of like the, the tweet of God on Twitter that only <laughs> follows Justin Bieber. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, that's a pretty serious Bieber compliment right there. Exactly. It means God's a believer. Yeah, so shout out. Uh, <laughs> shout out to our fans. Yeah. Um, speaking of that, um, you know, every time someone compliments our podcast, it's always the strategy stuff they like. Mm -hmm. So I thought as like a public service thing... Um, I liked the format last week where we split, we kind of threaded our updates. Um, let's flip it around so we do manager first and then the hardcore fans can stick around for the maker stuff as well. But let's, okay. let's, get, let's, okay. let's get the strategy stuff out of our systems first. That's how do, smart. I, how do you feel about that? I really like that. Then yeah. the maker stuff is like an after show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cool. Yeah. Do you want me to start? Go ahead. While you come up with something. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, yeah I'm, sc I'm scrambling here. Thanks, man. <laughs> Appreciate all the, all the notice. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Um, so I'm not doing anything big right now um, because we're in, in baby limbo, basically. Okay. Um, we're seven days from due date, um, which means that it's could happen anytime and um that's why i'm just doing planning stuff and small tweaks and stuff like that um so as i've been saying for a few weeks now i'm i'm kind of like in q4 already because this quarter doesn't really matter <laughs> anymore mm -hmm. i know i'm not going to get anything big done um so i've been reading the traction book um gabriel weinberg um in the past week or so and it's one of it's really one of my favorite bis business books and um, something I, I tweeted today on Twitter um, and kind of like something that I've been thinking about for a while is I'm starting to like it's like I'm starting to come up with this framework, startup framework in my mind, at least for kind of like the kind of startup that I'm building. And I think you're building as well, like a B2B SaaS, you know, pricing from like, you know, maybe like 25 bucks to like a couple hundred bucks or something like that. Mm hmm. Where it's like 
too small for like an enterprise sales model, like the pricing point. Um, so, but basically kind of like in my head, it's at least the journey I've been on in the fir- in the beginning of that journey. It's kind of like all about, you know, once you kind of like pick the market, that's obviously the first step. And you start to build a product because you believe that you can solve a, a pain in this market. You know, the mm-hmm. kind of like the, the books I'm, I'm looking like the books I'm reading are books like the lean startup, obviously, which is like really big on product development. Mm-hmm. It's, um, you know, obviously awesome by April Dunford to like nail down the positioning and kind of like, you know, what if you build a product and it's not like an immediately, immediately a success like Tuple or Transistor FM or something like that. You know, yeah. <laughs> some of us, we have to spend a little more, bit more time like tweaking the product to, you know, get it right. Mm-hmm. Um, if we're not like a, a blockbuster success from day one. Yeah. Um, and I think like, that's like obviously awesome twi- trying to kind of like tweak that. Another one that's big for me is Seth Godin's The Dip. Um, and that's kind of like, you know, what I tweeted was that those are the books that I kind of use to get to find the kind of like the product user fit, which we've talked about here as well. Um, and now like, I feel like the journey that we're about to embark on is going from product user fit uh, product user fit to product market fit. And I really believe that the way we're going to do that is basically like a combination of iterating on the product and going through the traction book. Um, I have, you know, gone through that book a few times before. And I think every time I've done it, I've done it when I had a product that wasn't great or that people didn't really want. So you know, no matter which traction channels I tried, that wasn't the problem. The problem was that I had, to, I should have, I should have read obviously awesome instead of traction. Cause I mm-hmm. think it's easy to think that you need to read traction because you don't have anyone using the, your product. So you need to get more traction, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but in fact, you might need to read something like obviously awesome because you have the wrong product. Um, that's kind of like, I think that that's something I think, um, yeah. So I'm really into traction right now and it's a really cool book and I'm just so optimistic um, because I know right now that we have a product that people like and that they can like kind of like onboard themselves to the freemium product and then make their way towards a paid uh, account. Mm. And I've seen that working before my eyes. We have 11 paying customers right now, which is not a lot, um, but it's at least some of them, you know, aren't just random people. They're exactly like the target audience that we tried to get. Um, and, you know, something I tweeted the other day was that the first five branch customers took a year, literally a year, because I think I signed up the first customer in July last year. Um, and the next six people took 30 days after that. It's amazing. And the first... Yeah. The first five, they required a lot of hard selling and a lot of calls and a lot of like nudging emails and stuff like that. Whereas the five, the the six people that signed up in the last thirty days, you know, they just they were the right people and they just onboarded themselves and I didn't have to sell them on anything. Yeah, you just know. but but if you look at that, like the you could argue that the difference, well, you could guess that the difference is a top of funnel volume difference, but that's not. 
I, I don't think not. that actually is it. No, right. So, and I Traffic think actually, it's like, yeah, yeah. So just like stop for a second and think about that. Traffic is the same, but you have that many more. So what's actually going on, right? Because it's easy to think. I'm not I probably did sales, more marketing. So needs to change, right? Yeah. I probably did more marketing a year ago because I was desperate. Heresy. And like, yeah. <laughs> but like, the thing is, if if I read Traction a year ago and start try to follow that book, I could probably find some traction challenges that could get me some people, you know. But the 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 difference is if I do it now, it'll be a hundred times easier. Absolutely, because right. I, it, it, yeah, I have something that works. Yeah, and I mean the thing that's working as well is the partnerships. Yes. I mean, the, yeah. the, the fact that you don't even know what's not showing up in your data. And, and so maybe this is actually a little bit wrong of us to say that you don't have more top funnel leads. You don't. But what's actually happening in the wild, isn't it, that branches being shared by name and reference to many more people than, than it had been before who are potential customers. And now you're getting a better stream of... Yeah, referrals or leads or- definitely like some of the people are much more qualified actually friday uh, afternoon i was doing i was on my way to i think pick up pizza or something like that and, and i was just walking with my phone and we had a live chat come through so i just did some support on my phone which is always fun like <laughs> it's just one of the, those you know moments where you're like it's pretty cool that you can just you know walk around with yeah. your phone during customer support sure um <laughs> And so after I kind of like helped the person, I was like, and now that I have you, I'd love to know how you found Branch. Like we're a small company and it's really exciting for us to know. Um, and he was like, yeah, I don't remember exactly um, hmm. the first time you heard about it, but he, they, oh, what he said was he was, they were trying to optimize their Git workflow. So he ended up asking WP Engine for help. And one of their tech people had uh, recommended Branch. And I was just euphoric. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's amazing, right? Yep. And so that's that explains. So, I mean, yeah, things things have, the math and has he's, changed. And he's in 100% going to become a paying customer because he's, awesome. he's using the product daily now and he's, you know, adding projects and, you know, he's just the right fit. Um, and I didn't sell him on Branch. <laughs> Someone else did, <laughs> and, right. which is amazing. But it's like, you know, the positioning, having the right positioning makes it a lot easier to, to do the traction framework or follow that framework because you know, <laughs> obviously, who you're going after. Yeah. Um, so it's just so much more um, tailwind, I guess, mm-hmm. um, when if you can wait, you know, until you figured stuff out. So I'm actually really excited um, about this stuff. And I really think like we have really good potential for, to make some of these traction channels work. Um, and, you know, this is the stuff I've been looking forward to. Like the whole time when I'm, I was thinking about this business, like I had all these ideas for how we could promote it and like, you know, small flywheels we could build and stuff like that. But uh, in the end, I knew all, none of that made any sense before we kind of like cracked the code or, you know, solve for those zeros that we talked about. Um, but it feels like it's about time. Um, so we have one big project that I'm going to talk about on the maker front, and that's going to hopefully correlate with the end of this quarter when that's released. And then 
you know, it's a new quarter and I think it's time to do some traction um, testing. And um, I did some brainstorming today because the, the way the traction framework works is you, you basically brainstorm all 19 traction channels that they mentioned in the book. And even the ones that you find a little bit silly, like one of them was off offline uh, advertising or something like that. Um, and it's like, how would that ever make sense for a, you know, deployment tool for agencies? But the kind of like the rule is you have to find at least one strategy for each channel. So hmm. for that, for that channel, um, I came up with, you know, like we could send physical stuff to agencies, like in the mail, mm-hmm. um, like we could send like that. It could just be a flyer or a letter or a postcard, or it could be some swag or something. Yeah. Um, but actually it's like, you probably would stand out <laughs> if you send them, you know, some information or like a little pamphlet or like a get cheat sheet or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's cool to like do this brainstorming. And then what you do is you, you kind of like you pick three, maybe three to five channels and then you run basically a bunch of cheap tests to see if they really have the potential you think they have. Hmm. And then you pick one and then you double down. And then you basically spend your all your energy on that one channel that works best until okay. it's kind of like tapped out. And then you kind of like, you in the background you test other stuff so you have then you kind of like the next strategy um, okay so basically what i'm kind of getting to is um so i'm in my mind like i'm kind of connecting the traction book to getting to product market fit because i feel like we have product use of it but we need like a, a wider audience and we need to kind of like have a broader or like a larger acquisition channel to kind of like make sure that we also have a market. <laughs> yep. And, um, you know, we kind of know that, but we don't know the best way to get to these people. Mm. And um, so I'm kind of like in my head, I'm kind of like mixing the traction book with product market fit. And then the, um, what's his name? The, 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 the you know, the Dropbox uh, growth hacker guy, Ryan. Sean Ellis is his name. Yeah. Um, you know, he came up with the the product market fit survey that they used at Superhuman as well. Yep, yep. And how disappointed would you be if you couldn't use Branch anymore? Yeah. And then basically the idea is if you get more than 40% very disappointed, you have product market fit. Um, at least it's a strong indicator. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing is, if you do that with 11 customers, it's not really very significant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So in my mind, it's like Q4 is like, I think the objective in my OKR planning for Q4 is basically going to be attraction goal. Okay. Um, so basically a certain amount of signups um, or customers or something like that measurable. Okay. And then the way we're going to get there is kind of like combining the traction book, uh, bullseye framework is what it's called with, um, you know, obviously iterating on the product and then this product market survey so basically one of the you know the key results will be to prove with a larger number of customers that we're getting closer to product market fit Mm. so this plan is like slowly forming in my head um 
so I have like a I have a Q4 page in Notion, but it's still just like a brainstorm. Okay. Um, but it's nice to kind of have this break almost um, yeah. to just think a little bit like a step forward and hopefully like my son will be born um everything will be <laughs> unicorns and roses and you'll have a whole stuff new perspective for, yeah. for a couple of weeks and then when i get back someone made a plan that i can just you know start to work on so i don't have to because i probably won't be able to concentrate very much yeah yeah no no but i think you'll have um you'll have a whole new perspective on on things so that'll be yeah it kind of goes hand in hand honestly yeah yeah exactly <laughs> so um that's very cool that's uh, yeah it's a bit of that's an executive I, bit of an executive retreat if you will yeah I, it's I kind of yeah something like that that's cool makes sense yeah um it's nice to feel like you have the time to be a little strategic and not just do random stuff um well i think that's the point of i think if you raise money there's an obligation to do that totally right <laughs> you know i mean you, yeah. you, you, are, you already would have done it even without that so don't get me wrong but i think yeah, 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 yeah. once you have um you, you have the time you have the luxury of thinking in longer horizons than you would otherwise yeah raising money hmm. it's honestly something i'm thinking about a little bit hmm. um yeah we still have money left like we could we could make it work but like I'm seeing things work and I have so many things I want to do. Um, and I kind of just want to do them all at one time. Like obviously you should be able to prioritize. Um, but yeah, you know, I talked about last time, like about some of the folks I want to hire and some of the stuff I want to do, but like we'll make it work somehow. Um, we have money right now to do what we absolutely must do. Um, so yeah. it's okay. Um but it's something that's kind of like brewing in the back of my mind. Mm-hmm. Let's see how much traction we get in Q4. <laughs> Maybe it'll be, be a good time to think about that. Yeah, yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, it definitely. If there's a card you can afford to turn over and you know the upside is potentially huge and the downside is minor, meaning if this doesn't work out that well, like that doesn't hurt our story. But if it does, it tremendously helps. Then yeah. of course it makes sense to give yourself the benefit of turning over that card before you go talk to investors. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So actually it's I'm pretty excited. Like I'm kind of like eager to start on this. Um, but I just know that I I should wait a little bit because I don't want to start mm-hmm. a, new, a big thing right now. That makes sense. Yeah. So I guess that's my manager update. Cool. How about you? How about me? <laughs> um, my manager, what is he thinking about? So I, he's thinking about a couple things. One would be ideal customers, kind of that ideal customer profile. Um, yeah. You know, I am getting more volume than I used to, and I'm also finding... Let me put it this way. I, I think that the number of people who are now trying out Summit is large enough that I'm getting some people in the door where it 
just it's like a lightning strike for them like it resonates makes tons of sense and they just go for it and um, (laughs) they don't even need the templates right they're like it was somebody this weekend said oh it was self-explanatory and (laughs) i just find that really interesting because there's also a group and this is this is a larger group who need the templates want the help right and are still um, who actually, I mean, some of them, and this is actually not as many as, so to make that one group, then there's another group, which is really small, but maybe like equal and opposite size of the power user that says, wow, this is so much harder to use than the, than the old one, you know, and they're just overwhelmed. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm getting interesting signals. I don't consider, I consider that a that the fact that I'm getting enough volume that I'm starting to see those three different signals kind of distinctly is exciting. Um, it's yeah. Not, it'd be like, bad if like you only got one of them. Exactly. And, and I was trying to it's, think of like the, a good way to put that, but that is the, the worst thing is that compared to say a Google or a Facebook or even just a, a Wistia or a mail, somebody at scale, right. It's significant volume. When you're st- like it's really hard for us to test ideas and get signal that we can extrapolate, right? Yeah. You you really, you shouldn't, you can't extrapolate from any one of those. I think in aggregate, you know, all three of those, you start to get a picture. Maybe I'm missing four or five other little stars in the constellation. Um, But like, I like that I have three, you know, and those three are telling me things. And yeah, I find that really exciting. Hey, I don't know if this is going to be part of your update, but the chart you sent me and Derek the other day in our little Slack mastermind mm, um, with events, yeah, you should share you should share that chart because that that was really cool, and yeah. I wish I I wonder if I could do something like that for Branch. At least I, I would I want to. Yeah. So this is the the thing about Summit's pricing model is that it's event based, and events are not events in the segment sense. Um, just to not confuse people or mix panel, there are events in the every object in somebody's model is referred to as an event. Those are the building blocks of a, of a financial model in Summit. And you get 15, you get an account with a capacity for 15 for free. Um, 15 is the pay line at the moment. Um, if you pay... So just to be 100% clear, like an event mm-hmm. could be like race money or... Mm-hmm. starting balance in your account or something like that right yeah exactly and so because summit is a simulation it really it's helpful to think of objects as events they have timing they have instructions they they can repeat um so it's a bit of a calendar metaphor there so th- yeah think of those as events an employee even as an event whether you want to think about it as showing up to work every day or drawing down your balance when they get paid you know, <laughs> they are an event and actually their payroll is a separate event because you can have an employee but then there's many ways you can pay an employee. Um, so right. everything is an event. And yes, yeah, so you get 15 for free. Um, and I just launched a new onboarding um, flow that includes directions, but templates. And those templates are preloaded with a certain number of events. So if you if you log into Summit for the first time, there'll be a thing that pops up and says, what kind of business are you? You can pick one of those. And you'll kind of get a pre-built model that's roughed out at least with anywhere from 12 to 14 events, maybe 15, right? And so you're right at the line, but you have a working model, right? And then you can kind of edit it to taste. So that's that's the 
sorry, I just wanted to lay out like that's the framing for this. The chart you're referring to is I... It had that line you just mentioned. Mm-hmm, it has the line in it and it's the... Um, the x-axis is accounts, unique accounts, and the y-axis, so each account is its own bar. It's a bar yeah. chart. And then um, you see where I'm going with this already. The y-axis is number of events in the account. And I had a, I took a snapshot of this chart um, two weeks ago, and it was, you know, looked a lot like a, essentially a power law. It was, there were a few accounts with lots of events and then a long tail with two to four events and then some with zero or one and so i I said you know in one picture (laughs) the strategy for summit is increase you know um features to grow event usage from people who are already over the line right features to encourage people who aren't at that line to take advantage of build out a full model at least don't don't stop short of the line just because hopefully if you're getting the value out of it you don't stop short (laughs) right and then obviously to help people who maybe have zero have you know get rid of that blank slate right so that that was the chart and i drew the line and then um i changed the onboarding and not surprisingly because now you can really get started fast with these templates that chart has changed a lot where now i have you know uh what's the roughly 50, 60 accounts that are right up right up to that line. And then yeah. I've got, you know, 10-ish accounts that are over that line. Those are my paying customers. And so that, that's really easy for me now to look at that as kind of a master chart and say, in this chart is my customers, my monetization strategy, and my product strategy, right? It's it's all there <laughs> in, yeah, yeah. In, one, in one chart. Yeah, it's beautiful because it's so simple and it's so clear what the goal is and it's like you wanted to you know the the onboarding the obviously one of the reasons why you want onboarding is you want to provide more value to people faster but it's also like after they've gone through that onboarding it's like to get them to upgrade to a paid plan maybe they need to add like three events instead of you know 16 events Exactly. And, and so now I'm coming up with, so they're closer to the line in the first place because I give them a boost. It's a, it's an alley-oop, right? So it's like, okay, yeah. <laughs> just you, you're, you're, you're right there now. You can just dunk and you're, we're, you're across the line and you're getting more value too. At the same time, it's not, it's not at all insidious in the sense that many users might be content with the 12, 13, 14, 15 event model that comes preloaded. And that's fine. That is the free tier effectively. Um, yeah, and you're so, showing that you can actually build a valuable model. Yeah, I'm handing them a working model below the, below below the, the line. threshold. Yeah, exactly. So um, now where that could go is there's no reason you can't load up the screen, the onboarding screen, and there are templates that you can choose that come with more events than the free limit, right? So if you if you really want to build a marketplace, let's say, and the marketplace business model template, it might not fit into the free tier, right? Um, mm. So what the system will do is actually, if we do offer a template like that, let's say it has 18 events or something, you'll be able to load it, but you actually won't be able to to add any additional events to it. And so it's okay. frozen effectively. So you can still run it once. You can edit the values, but you can't, if you delete something, you can't add it back and you can't add anything else to it. So it's, again, it's a working model, but it's almost... Um, in like a locked mode it is in a locked mode 
because yeah. uh, while, while you can run it and edit it, you can't add to it. So, um, and so in that case, you might be over the line in the first place. And, um, and I think that's all fine because it's, it's sort of like saying, um, if you really want something that specific and that valuable, you can even test drive it. You just have to pay for it to, to take it home, right. To modify it. <laughs> um, yeah. so I, yeah, I overall, sorry, a little bit, a bit of a detour, but to that chart, to the point of that chart, um, I've been sharing that with my investors and looking at it and thinking, how do I get people to really take ownership of their model? And that's mm-hmm. the next the next phase for me is it's one thing to have a model because you clicked a button and it preloaded something. I my activation metric, what I'm really starting to think is that doesn't mean they activated, right? And I think this is a common misconception. So it would be easy for me to say a blank slate isn't unactivated user but a user that has 14 events is activated yay i finished right i i don't think so right and i and actually sometimes we talk about activation as being the aha moment Hmm. i think that can be true too but what i'm learning with summit is i think there's a deeper level of activation that is way more important which is at what point does the user really feel like this model represents their business right this model is my business in a, in a, yeah. in a, in a program. Right. And I don't think that's just by clicking the pre-built template and having the events preloaded for you. I think that helps them get really close. So what I'm starting to measure now is did they rename the model or instead of saying, you know, sales driven SAS, did they rename it to say, you know, my company? Yeah. Did they, you know, so renaming a model I think is a strong signal I think downloading a spreadsheet that you intend to use, quote unquote, offline, I think is a really strong signal that you created something valuable. Um, And then the last one, and this is a little bit different because it's not a, you know, those are events that happen once. The um, event that I'm actually going to guide people to next is the revenue number that the model gives you. So you have a pre-built model, you click it, you load it, you run it even. Obviously, the revenue number that comes out of it is not yours, right? It's just the one that came in the... It's like a, looking at a PowerPoint template that says, it says pitch deck. <laughs> You're like, that's not my headline, right? But it's, yeah. it's a headline. I want the revenue number that they see in the first month of the model to be their revenue number. Yeah, I, I actually think that's big. I think if you look at a model and the revenue number matches your current revenue... I think that's because, especially SaaS founders, because we obsess so much over MRR and we know it <laughs> so, so well. I think if I put, if you saw Branch's MRR in that revenue box, yeah, I think that changes. Now you're going, how do I make all the other boxes line up with Branch? Because that's that's a linchpin, right? Yeah. So that's that's what I'm going to do this week is I'm going to change the the intercom tour to actually not take a detour, but I'm going to have it actually take you into the two you only have to change two fields i need your current customer count and your arpu right because those two might multiply by each other as your revenue right so if i can (laughs) get people to edit the current customer count and edit the arpu then that number in the first month will be their revenue number and i'm really anxious to see eager to see like how behavior maybe changes at that point and if i get more people who really go like some folks and they're logging in, they start to use it. They're spending significant amounts of time 
with the product, like building it out, like lots yeah. of events, you know, and I'm going, what clicked in their mind, you know, and, and how do I do, how do I get more folks yeah. to that point, right? As I'm really excited about that too, because I think it's, these aren't, by the way, these aren't CFOs, you know, somebody who reached out over the weekend is a developer. Well, I know yeah. not everyone's a developer, but there's a lot of developers who are trying out this product, but for some reason it works. I said, do you have a financial background? No. I said, wow. Okay. You know, but I said, but there's not really a thick manual attached to Summit right now. He said, yeah. And he made this really interesting comment. He's like, sometimes the developer role doesn't really help folks take a leap of faith and just start experimenting with stuff. Sometimes huh. it's very linear and very like, I want to read the manual. I want to understand what everything does. I want to approach mm. this very methodically. But th- that wasn't his personality. So it's again, it's a hypothesis. I don't know if that's true. But for him, at least, he's the tear open the box and just start, <laughs> just start <laughs> using the thing kind of person. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's where, that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at right now on the kind of product manager front. Uh, something just occurred to me. I don't know if you think about it this way, but I, I touched on this last week where it's like brain started as kind of like a hard coded MVP, then it turned into a super flexible system that was too complicated, and then we kind of like built a simple version that was more accurate on top of the flexible solution. Mm-hmm. But I just, what I just kind of realized is that the templates that you're adding essentially like each or do, do you call them template? I do. Yeah. Yeah. Like each of the templates are actually ever like a summit one in themselves. So like the SAS <laughs> one is like yeah. summit one and like, so like each of the templates is actually like recreating summit one on the new like summit engine, mm. which is pretty cool that you can do that so easily right now. Yeah, that's right. Actually, that's a, that's a really interesting way to look at it is like, I, I just downloaded a new piece of software for um, slide presentations. It's called pitch. And yeah. I, they have a, they have a template gallery and in the template gallery, you open it and it says, are you trying to do a financial report, a board meeting update, a team update? a financial fundraising pitch, like what template do you want? Yeah. Um, because of course you can do any of those things. And you're right. Like if you click, <laughs> if you click early stage SaaS company right now in Summit, the the template that loads is basically all the fields that were in the first version of the product. It's right. The, how many leads are you getting per month to your website? How many, yeah. you know, what's your price? Yeah, yeah, that's 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 exactly right. Um, and But you couldn't have done that Hmm. as the first run i think but it's like it's like like either we the two of us which i think is partly true like we just follow each other uh (laughs) also or maybe it's just like a natural uh evolution i don't know like product wise Mm -hmm. it's interesting at least unless you really nail it with the simple version first right and as i was telling somebody this morning the problem with the simple version is the willingness to pay did not intersect with uh, engagement. Yeah. So, so the people that were really engaged with the first one and found it to be super non-intimidating and whatever, uh, there wasn't a willingness to pay cause they were just too early and the folks yeah. that needed the flexibility. So, so if you think about it, the second version of summit, it's not just a better version of the same thing. It's actually a platform that can create the, the things like V1. <laughs> it can create summits, right? So it's like, click yeah. your, click your, click your path here um yeah but it is an extra meta layer where it's like oh yeah yeah 
you design the product you need. Mm-hmm. Like the user designs the product they need, kind of. Yeah, right. And, and and something I've been thinking about is, you know, a lot of times when people describe their businesses, they they call it, you know, I'm building the um, I'm building the Uber for dogs, let's say. Right. Yeah. And so, uh, or I'm building the you know, there's, a, there's basically those like I'm building the stripe for blank, right? Um, yeah. I saw your adding templates actually, for those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what I'm going to start to do is, and this might not be me. I'm actually thinking about finding somebody in the community, um, an analyst or somebody with this kind of experience. I'm talking to a couple people right now about this. Is let's let's build templates that have names attached to them. So you know, it's one thing to say here's the early stage SaaS template. Let's have a HubSpot template. Let's have a um, Stripe template. A ebay templates right a let's let's pick some recognizable names kind of giants of the industries that they're in yeah. so that when people are thinking yeah i'm building the um uber for dogs <laughs> so somebody can come pick up my dog which i heard a pitch for that one time on, on a podcast they can you know that can resonate with them more than seeing well they see a template and it says um ride sharing or it says marketplace or it says gig economy or something like that it's like yeah kind of but if, they, but if it says Uber and all they're really doing is changing the numbers and they're like, oh, this really is the Uber model because look, we've got all of these contractors and we've got all of this COGS and we've got all, you know what I mean? We can actually go really deep into the nuts and bolts of how those businesses work. And it's going to be cool the day that Uber signs up. <laughs> well, what I'm actually wanting to do is interview. So this is a little bit of a call to action for some folks. Um, I'd actually like to start interviewing founders of let's just say modestly to very successful companies and putting together models in summit that capture how their businesses work that's cool you could do a podcast and basically at the end of the show you could be like hey if you want to try this model on or like try it out do you just exactly here It, it was great talking with you you know, so folks know if you go get a free account at Summit, you can click into the community tab and load the template for X business, you know, the Wistia model, right? And it can be the shrunk down version of Chris's business. Um, you know, so the numbers are not the right numbers because they don't have to reveal that. But see, that's the thing is that folks sharing numbers is one thing, right? And as, as a lot of companies aren't public or open, they're not going to share that. But sharing how the business works in terms of, oh, we have content marketing, which feeds this. We have lead gen, which does this. We have development reps who make phone calls using emails yeah. and do that. We can actually do the anatomy of a business and put that in the yeah. summit and let people pick their own numbers, right? So the numbers is a, is a different thing than the structure. So we can capture yeah. the structure without the numbers and let people flow their own numbers through it. And I think what I really like about that is that um, each business that's working is a solution to a multivariable problem, right? It's the mm. the pricing being right vis-a-vis the number of touches and the amount that you're spending on, like getting all those, getting that equation figured out, knowing that you're loading up a model where, oh, you know, I'm not charging $19 a month, but I'm doing outbound phone calls, right? Which yeah. isn't going to work, but like steering people towards, hey, if you're going to do $19 a month, here's what your funnel needs to look like, right? And and here's yeah. here's a here's a setup that works as opposed to let's just try stuff, right? And um, 
now, see, now I'm on my, now I'm on my like teacher soapbox, but I get really fired up about the idea of like <laughs> it's baking, okay. baking these lessons, right? Baking these lessons into the software. So that you I, I could have used them. all the 19 traction channels from uh, the book when I did my brainstorm. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I think, I think I we should have through the testing phase pretty quickly. <laughs> well, actually now you're talking about something else, which is it's one thing to have a pre-built model that's completed, Right. But what you're talking about is that each model, you can also have recipes or components, right? So mm. a good example of those traction channels being in Summit is take conferences, right? Conference, you could think of it as one event, right? You're going to a conference. But if you're going to pursue conferences as a traction channel, and that's something you're going to bolt onto your model, think about the airfare to get there from an expense standpoint. That's a, a budget commitment, right? At least to experiment, right? Think about... Um, you know, what's the attendance going to be like? What's the expected close rate? And when people, I mean, here's the thing. When, when you meet somebody at a conference and they're interested in your business, they don't just sign up for your product right away, right? There's what? a, I know, it's weird. You usually don't walk around with an iPad and take credit card numbers. So if you, if you work that traction channel, you find out, oh, I get a business card or, you know, I get a contact and then I follow up with them and then they usually sign up for what? Probably like a enterprise proof of concept right so if if we can really help people think about what a conference traction channel behaves like not just the go to the conference but if you can map all that out then you can install that right into your model and say yeah Yeah. we're going to do one of those in march oh we're not going to really see results from that march investment until may because you know, again, that's not a channel that reaps rewards immediately. Um, well, the so cool yeah. thing about Summit is you could like, you could send those, you know, connections you make at the conference into like a sales funnel or something like that. Yep, yep, exactly. That has send, a conversion rate and a close rate. And a and actually you can send them even to their own pipeline stage and say, when I meet people at conferences, I qualify them on the spot. So I send them to the qualified stage and then people in that conference qualified stage go to a enterprise proof of concept that typically has a really high conversion rate though, because why? Because the founder just sold them in person, right? Um, <laughs> yes. And so, w- which makes a difference, you know, at least in terms of getting them to do that initial test with you. Um, yeah. And all, all of that, all of those little insights can be baked into a point and click, you know, model. So mm-hmm. I'm, I, but back to the manager, Matt, like is, am I personally really going to put all of this into it? Probably not, right? So what, what I'm starting to think about is like, and I said this in the last episode, I think Summit has a potential to be very, very big, but I feel a little bit like I've got one foot on the dock and one foot on the boat where for it to reach its full potential, I, I need to I need to jump into the boat. <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> I, I, I need to shove off here um, a little bit more and... I'm picturing you in the Croatia right now trying to get in the water. Uh, well, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Let, let's, let's, yeah, I, I hope it goes better than that. I got in. I got in. It was, it was not, you got I, in, yeah. And it was Florida. enjoyable after all. It was wonderful. But um, so that's actually leads me to the next point is that I, I just tweeted about um, share your company's problem statement in a few words. Yeah, I love uh, that tweet. I, I shared a response to it. Yeah, it was great. And I think the, uh, wow, I'm like up to 80 or so replies to that. 
where people are just pitching, essentially pitching their problem statements and businesses. Um, but the reason I did that is that that's where my head's at is I am, I'm trying to figure out what the team looks like to really go after this opportunity. And in order to do that, what do I need? I need a way of communicating the vision that's, you know, the vision of summit, but the problem it's solving, you know, all those things. And I actually think it's really helpful exercise to try to distill, you know, I'm actually not pro the traditional way that money's raised, putting together a pitch and all that is very inefficient. However, or not however, and at the same time, the challenge of condensing your beliefs, your passions, and your insights into a handful of words, I think is a really worthwhile pursuit for everybody, right? Regardless of whether or not they're pitching investors, because you're going to be pitching your next employee, <laughs> you're pitching yourself. Like it, it just does something right. to me when I do that. So, right. Do. Yeah. So I'm doing that now. Um, and so in, in the background, I've got a, a Google slides open and I said, I don't care about formatting. I'm not trying to impress anybody. But I'm you trying just said to you're do... using a pitch. Well, that's because I want to collaborate with some investors. <laughs> and I think it's actually, it's supposed to be a really easy way to collaborate with folks. We'll see. Okay. Um, it's supposed to be a cool way to collaborate. So I'm, I'm trying it out single player mode first. Um, but uh, I, I actually am using Google slides to get the words on the page. Um, and yeah, we'll see where it goes. I do have a couple meetings coming up in the next month with some folks that are new to Summit um, and they are the, the influential types, let's say. And it's funny because I told them like, look, I'm not raising, I, I'm in between fundraising rounds if I am, right? So, so I don't have a pitch deck. But then I was like, you know what? It's just a, it's great to be able to express your mission problem solution all of that in a few in a few words so maybe i'm just kind of a sucker for the format but i'm going to try to put together something for for folks here in the next month or so that just nice yeah just brings it all together yeah a good way to get some feedback as well yeah because it's if you've listened to 60 something episodes of this podcast it's one thing but if i meet somebody and I try <laughs> to explain why i'm building a language for financial modeling it's um just send them the link yeah to, it'll to take outdated. them a couple of days <laughs> <laughs> yeah. how much time do you have um how, how long are we going to be stuck in this elevator yeah um so that's that's where i've been at on the manager side nice do you want to move into the to the after show yeah exactly for the folks that really care about the the technical aspects of these businesses <laughs> yeah I, uh, we, we, we had some interesting stuff we're working on. Um, it, the, the, the reason I'm bringing it up now is because, um, you and Derek Reimer, um, in our mastermind had an interesting conversation last week, I believe about how, when you get the model right in your product, the UI collapses, mm -hmm. right? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, and we kind of we kind of experienced that a little bit today i think because we so basically what we're trying to do right now is the way branch works so um when when i was traveling around the u.s last year in the spring and i was meeting rob and aner for the first time and like you know joining tiny seed and all that stuff mm -hmm. branch was very 
hard-coded in the sense that I had decided that you had built steps and then deployment was like that you needed like a WordPress plugin to be installed and then that kind of like did the deployment in like a hard-coded way. Hmm. The use case was very different. And then I remember sitting at this coffee shop in Arizona where I, I went, I, we were there for like a couple of weeks. So I went to the same coffee shop every day. And I remember mm. one day being like, I need to, like, there's something wrong with the way deployments work right now. And then kind of like what I realized is what's like, what's the difference between a build step and a deployment? Like it's all just commands that are run in like Docker containers. <laughs> and then finally I realized it's all the same. It's just steps. It's like build steps. Um, and now we call them deployment steps, I think. Um, because, at least we try to because it's a deployment tool. But basically what I realized is it's all the same. So I just, you know, I removed half the code basically from the app and just um, let people deploy um, in their build steps, like just write your deployment command, whatever, rsync or whatever. And then when we had templates, it became really easy because we just generate the command for you. So mm-hmm. that's all good. Uh, when it was a CI/CD tool, but now that it's a deployment tool, we want to make we actually want to bring back deployments as like a native concept. So another thing we had is integrations. We have two integrations. Uh, we have one with WP Engine and one with Pantheon. And when what we can do when we have an integration is we we take basically some API credentials and then we can set up the connection between a site on say WP Engine and Branch. So when we have the API credentials, we can upload the SSH key that Branch uses to identify itself when it's trying to do a deployment. So the provisioning is really easy. Does that make sense? I think so. This is a little bit... Yeah, of, so, is, yeah my, ter- my territory, you're, you're on the outskirts of my territory. I can see the, I can see the lighthouse. <laughs> yeah, so basically what we want to do is we want to bring back deployment as like a native concept. So we've been trying to like think about what's a deployment, like what do we need to do that? Hmm. So we want to bring in the concept of a host. So like a host could be like WP Engine, it could be DigitalOcean, it could be like a generic whatever virtual private server. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then, you know, that's one thing. And the other thing is we rename projects to sites. So we decided that everyone who has a project on branch has a site and that's, that's why they use branch because now it's a deployment tool. Uh, so that was kind of like what I talked about last time, which was a little bit difficult, the decision, um, Mm -hmm. to do that. Um, and then the final thing we want to do is we want to um, introduce environments. So under a site, you can have different environments like a production site or a staging site. And then there's a relationship between the environment and the host because your staging site isn't necessarily at the same host as a production site. Mm. It probably is, but it's not. It nece- it's not necessarily the, the same place. Or you could have like a DigitalOcean box for the staging side and another one for the production side. So it'd sure. be two different hosts. So we've been really like confusing ourselves, trying to understand like where how these models fit together, like the relationship between them. Mm-hmm. And then today, like specifically, the so that basically just to explain, like the easiest model for us is if you just have one host for each project mm-hmm. instead of trying to have like a host expand or spanned over um you know multiple projects um security wise it's like easier for us to manage if 
you know, there's one SSH key per project. And then if you delete that project, that key is gone. So we prefer that you just have one. You So what that means in practical terms is whenever you create a new project on Branch, you need to re-authenticate it with the P engine okay. or Pantheon. That's a little bit annoying, right? Like, because I already did this, like I already gave you API credentials to do this. Yeah. Um, so we were trying to think like, um, how can we, how, like, this feels wrong. Like we want to make it, we want to uh, enable people to reuse these hosts these host connections mm-hmm. um and then you know we we went down a long path of like allowing people to like the first idea was to clone a host from another project and basically reuse the credentials the problem was like what happens when you've cloned 10 hosts or the host 10 times like you know it keeps you just keep adding hosts to the list. So like right. whenever you create a new project, like you have 30 WP engine hosts and you clone one of them, but which one? And it's just like really confusing. So it just, it felt wrong, but we actually went with it for a while. Like, a, you know, we, we thought maybe that was the way to go because we couldn't come up with a simpler solution. Well, then we started talking about like, maybe host needs to be like, have like a higher level in the app sort of like on the you know next two projects instead of being under a project Hmm. but then like we kind of like it wasn't as easy um like we wanted we still wanted some parts of the host to only be related to a project like the ssh key for example for security purposes Okay. And like permissions, like between users who has access to what and stuff like that. So that also just felt wrong. But then finally, <laughs> we um, we realized that probably the next big project we want to do um, is we want to allow agencies to add templates to their account. So right now in Branch, a project has pi- a pipeline of steps. So a step could be like, um, oh, a fox just jumped right but next to my window. <laughs> cool. Was, <laughs> I had to share that. Does it need anything? Yeah. You can... I don't know. It's just staring through the window, actually. It's it's, it's waiting for <laughs> you to be done. <laughs> yeah. Um, that was weird. <laughs> Anyways, so, you know, a pipeline has steps and a step could be like, you know, um, run NPM install, run NPM production script, um you know, run some tests, deploy to WP Engine, run Lighthouse check. That could be your pipeline. Okay. So yeah. let's say you're an agency and you do a lot of projects and they all look the same. So you want to you wanna just be able to create a template for that. So when a new project is created, we just, you know, we just do that for you. Or you, I mean, you, we just create all those steps, right? Mm-hmm. So what we realized is actually if we now, if we abstracted, you know, everything around reusing hosts to like a meta level of templates, you could create a host template, which had your (laughs) API credentials. And then that would just generate a host based on that. So it's not a host and you don't clone it. It's a a template and it's just part of like the overall project template. Mm -hmm. Then actually that would, you know, entirely solve this problem and we wouldn't have to worry about it anymore. And it just immediately just clicked and it like all this complicated, you know, modeling we were trying to do just Ooh. fell apart. Yeah, um, just collapsed. It just felt so good. And then, awesome. you know, then we just started to realize all the stuff we could actually do if we did a template like that. So if we had a template with the connection info, 
like we could actually create the site on WP Engine for them. So like when they create a new site in Branch, it sets up the, it actually creates a site. It could even create a Git repository with the code for that site. And it could, you know, exchange SSH key and it could add all the steps to the pipeline. Like you could even do it, you know, the initial deployment before you re- wrote any code. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, and it was just so obvious that that was the right model and it just mm. felt really good. And it just, you know, it took a while to get there. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Complex, yeah. And then complexity actually just, uh, actually, it's it's funny. I, complexity gets a bad rap because like actually things are complex that are that are really well designed sometimes, but it's the complicatedness, if you will, of everything. Yeah. You feel like you're, you know, six layers deep or out on a limb on a limb on a limb where you're like, this can't yeah. be, this can't be right. And then you have this the, breakthrough. Kind of like one of the th- secrets about Brange and how it works is everything is just very, very basic steps that are executed in a Docker container. Mm. And every time we've tra- tried to move away from that, like we regret it. And mm. whenever we come up with a solution that allows us to keep that core step architecture and then just add like some stuff like templates for example or recipes on top of that mm-hmm. all the complexity just goes away and That's we awesome. still have optionality um, yep. and it yep. was exactly the same that happened today and the funny thing was <laughs> Bjorn had the idea first but he used the word recipe so I didn't understand exactly where he was going with it and this, but then I don't know like That's a minute awesome. later I was like no wait what if we do it like this and he's like that's what I just said. <laughs> I'm trying to say, man. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, you, the, you know, <laughs> you, you Pete explained to him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Do you know uh, Timon and Pumba from Lion King? Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. <laughs> that's like that scene. <laughs> I thought they were just great big balls of gas burning billions of miles away. Um, <laughs> it's like, that's yes. what I just, they just said they were stars. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That's great. Yeah, so that felt really good, and um, good for you. I felt like we kind of like cracked the nut, and we know what we need to build now, and um, and I think that's going to be really good. And I think that's, as I said, like that's like the final nail in the coffin mm-hmm. for like you know closing this product use of fit chapter um, mm-hmm. and move on to the next phase. So it feels like everything is coming together right now. That's. That's really exciting. Yeah. And, and actually it, it does feel like branches. It's, it's really big, dude. It's bigger than I, I, I know you say deployment and that is the positioning and, and this all fits under deployment, I guess. But when you talk about a system that's as flexible while staying relatively simple at its core as what you just described, it just really need to think of all the possibilities that lie ahead, you know? Um, so yeah man i mean there's no reason why branch has to stay a wordpress deployment platform for example right hint hint it doesn't have wordpress in its name (laughs) Mm. there's nothing wordpress specific really in it in the core of it because we 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 (laughs) kept it we kept it um you know simple in its core architecture it's Mm. just you know there's some wordpress sprinkles on top of it that makes it really useful for wordpress developers but you know it's great, man. Well, good. <laughs> I'm happy for you. Yeah. 
What do you got? You had a horrible day one day this week or last week. I know. I almost don't want to relive it, but I will. Okay, it's up to you, man. <laughs> no, I'll relive it for everyone's benefit. It's not always sunshine and rainbows at Camp Wensing. It's the end of the after show. It's the safe place to <laughs> to get it out. Yeah, it's this is the five o'clock somewhere ep- uh, portion of the ep- episode. Um, it's good now. It's good now. Let me start there. It's um, I'm getting not getting any warnings or errors. I think actually it's more stable now than it was before. But um, to jump to the chase, I learned last week that uh, Summit is due for a staging environment and a uh, CICD pipeline that is not just backend, you know, testing. It's um, my, my dog <laughs> feels strongly about this as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's, it's we have due. a guest this week. <laughs> we have a special guest, Kobe the dog. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, known for his bark. Uh, I'm sure he's got a good a, bark. Yeah, he does actually. So his. Why don't, why don't we just go for it? I mean, his breed is known for <laughs> scaring away large predators. And um, he's a rescue, right? He's a rescue, but he's a, yeah, he's a shepherd. Uh, he's a shepherd dog at his core. And he's the kind of breed that, you know, people used out on the ranges to scare away predators like wolves and bears and things. So what's really neat about, oh, his, wow. he's a big dog. And what's neat about his breed maybe is. Maybe heard what is said about the fox. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. We see foxes in our walks sometimes. It's fun to see it. But he, um. He knows how to scare things away with his bark. Let's just put it that way. I can, uh, I can take an, I can take a nap next to the guy, and he's fine. But man, yeah, the Amazon Prime guy does not want to mess with this <laughs> dog. <laughs> this dog. So, um, no, and he doesn't want him coming anywhere near our house. So, anyway, <laughs> Su- Summit is. Um, I talked about the developer uh, that I'm working with, and um, his name's Jason. He's doing really well. Uh, I love working with him. Uh, the thing that I failed to really appreciate and I appreciate now with full clarity is adding a developer so that they can contribute to the code base is one thing. And I talked a lot about how last week that was, that's a big victory that he was able to do so much pulling, <laughs> merging in his uh, pull request and fully testing it and deploying it to a production environment uh, still has work to be done. And what happened was is it worked locally for him worked locally for me i loved it um pushed it out and uh on production is just different as we all know it's just different than local <laughs> there's you know the files are hosted in, in on s3 instead of you know the local local server um data is different etc cetera, etc cetera. all the arguments for a staging environment i don't think i need to repeat them for most of you but you're well aware of what those are and guess what Summit did not have one, um, and it's it's time. So I, I need a staging environment because shipped his code, and uh, suddenly none of the modals worked. Like literally, no. You could, you clicked a modal and nothing happened. You didn't get a, you didn't get an error message, but they didn't open either. And so we thought, well, maybe it's uh, maybe it's the DOM is is not formatted well. It's not well structured in production because there are different things you include and don't include in production in the DOM in terms of like plugins and add-ons and things like that, or, or analytics and whatever. I'm like, okay, what what's going on? Or maybe it was my merge, right? Some something went wrong. And uh, the sad thing was is that I I rolled things back on Heroku within minutes 
and it's really cool. You literally click a button and Heroku magically instantly rolls back to a prior push or prior deployment. Uh, sadly, what I didn't know was that, of course, that doesn't roll back what goes to S3. It only rolls back the cloud environment or the environment in Heroku. So now, unbeknownst to me at that point, the code base and the JavaScript that were hosted <laughs> were in conflict with each other, which means that the site literally did not work. You, you, could, get in, you could log in, but the, the, the beautiful new onboarding sequence was essentially like two words and a blank screen for people um, for hours and hours. <laughs> and I was just in a world of hurt. We ended up doing a hard reset and rolling things back. And like by 5 p.m., I had a all green coming in for my monitoring service finally once again and I was like I'm never doing this again. Uh I'm never I'm never like, staging is the new place that stuff goes from local environments yeah. and it, it, we're we're not doing this again. Um I want a I want a you know a facsimile of production hosted you know right alongside of it and that's what we're going to do. So Really embarrassing in, in a way. Uh, it sucks, you know, really embarrassing in a way. But I learned some hard lessons. And I also learned that, you know, development, it's a practice, right? It's not just adding a team member. It's it's the process. And, and I talked about Summit. I want it to be a process culture. And so, you know, I was like, oh, man, I feel really bad. He felt really bad, of course, um, which I thought was, you know, obviously a stand, stand-up thing to say, considering what else did I expect him to do? You know, it It worked. Um, it worked as far as we him. knew exactly of course it blamed him. <laughs> it's all his fault but th- that's what i said i was like no man it, the process failed us both right and and i failed to develop the process that we needed to be successful so what we're going to do <laughs> is we're going to improve the process and we're going to use a new one so process upgrade coming um i'm already talking to a few folks about getting a staging staging environment going on heroku i am having couple conversations about getting off heroku and doing something that's maybe even more managed um than heroku where someone just sets all this up um and kind of manages heroku for me uh potentially maybe one-time thing maybe ongoing thing i'm not really sure but but the process is going to change and i'm that's really important because again if i'm gonna we can't scale development without this so it's not like something this is a no-brainer, right? Um, but man, it was painful. And uh, the really, the silver lining is again, you know, now I know what to do. <laughs> um, and also, uh, I did have somebody come back on Saturday that had tried to use it on Friday, where it completely failed them, and they loved it. It was like a home run session. So <laughs> that felt really good because I was, I was thinking wow, this person was so determined to try this product out that when they tried it for the first time and it didn't even load, they came back again. Um, and so I asked him, I was like, tell me why Tell me why you're so motivated to use this product. And he's like, hey, I've been waiting a long time for somebody to build something like this. I was like, wow, nice. that's great to hear. And frankly, I learned more. Here's my lemon lemonade out of lemons. I learned more than if you had had a great experience yesterday, in theory, because we had this <laughs> I reached out to you. And we ended up having this conversation because things didn't go so well, to say the least. That's a nice uh, attitude. Yeah, it was perspective all day, man. I had, um, but you know, it was a day like any other from other standpoints. So here I am just, I have things, I'm not, 
I don't have a lot of margin in my life. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like I, not like I set aside eight hours to deal with production issues on Friday. I had other goals, other plans. And so it really stressed me out for a while. Um, but we, we made it through. This story was brought to you by branch CI. Easy deployments to staging sites and simple rollbacks for all your WordPress projects. Learn Never. more at branchci.com. <laughs> Don't be like Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a WordPress developer that doesn't want to be like Matt Wensing? Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Whatever I can be for you, man. You know I'm here for you. <laughs> so, well, yeah. hope the after after show is good. Yeah, That's I think so. That's all I've got. Awesome, man. I uh, I'll talk to you later. I I like the format. I think it was yeah, good call. Once again, you're the host to the architect of the show. Good call. We iterate. Yes. Thanks for having me on your show again, Peter. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. Talk to you later. Awesome, man. Take care. Bye. Bye.